Hey everybody, and welcome to the last episode of the Why Should I podcast for 2022. I am very excited for today's conversation. Fair warning, we came across some technical difficulties. So I'm gonna come back in at the end of the show and wrap things up. Um, But without further ado, let's get into today's conversation. pray that your holiday season is going well. Um, I'm really excited to have a chat today with Abby Circles, and we're talking about all things spiritual discipline. Uh, I've admired Abby's faith journey from afar, and I'm just looking forward to hearing a little more of her heart and her story today. Um, Abby's parents are the founders and leaders of the first Bible college that I went to, Texas Bible Institute, and I grew up going to Discovery Camp and just love the Birchfields and their ministry and the rich spiritual legacy and heritage that Abby's a part of. So Abby, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rachel. I'm so excited to be with you guys. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So I just kind of want to hear a little bit about what your life looks like lately, maybe some passion projects you've been working on (laughs) and um, how spiritual disciplines, what they look like for you in the day to day with your current season. Oh, goodness. Yes. So um, I am a friend and follower of Jesus, <laughs> always starting with that, and a full-time stay-at-home mom. I like to call myself a saturate-at-home mom. Um, and I am have two little ones, so a three-year-old and a two-year-old. And then my awesome husband is in full-time discipleship ministry um, at the church and then at the Bible school that you referenced. And so uh, we get to do life and faith and discipleship in like a lot of different uh, avenues and ranges. And I think as you just alluded to before, um, it's been really fun for me to, and I should say a privilege, it's been a really big privilege for me to be able to see faith expressed in so many different seasons of life. And um, I Um, you know, I went like the college route, the professional route, got my degree, you know, um, did the professional thing. And I had everything that I thought I was kind of working for. Um, and then I had these two kids, which I've always had a dream of being a mom in my heart. Like I always knew that that calling was, um, a desire that he put inside of me. Um, but there was just this moment I was trying to do both, you know, I was trying to, uh, make it all happen, which so many people can do. And that's like the right path for them. But, um, I just kind of heard the Lord whisper to me, um, which is a part of the faith, you know, disciplines that we're going to talk about probably today is just like having a pattern in your life to be able to hear the voice of the Lord, like having your friendship with the Lord be built over so many different seasons that you understand the patterns of how he talks to you. And I like mm. to describe it as like tug of your heart. You know, it's like, I, I, I never really would hear these like big booming, like, this is the man you're supposed to marry. This is the way you're supposed to go. This, you know, I never really had those encounters like some people do, but the pattern that yeah. the Lord speaks to me through is like a, a tug. It's just like a tug of my heart. And, um, I felt him, this is a long thing to say. I felt him just tug me to this place of like, Abby, I am gifting you this season of your home. Like 
I am Mm. literally giving you the boundaries of your home, not as like, I'm keeping you in, you know, and you can't go anywhere. But like, I'm giving you the gift of like a blinder, so to speak, so that you can just pour everything into me in this season, this place of intercession, this place of prayer, this place of kids and marriage and all the things. And Rachel, it has been so fun. (laughs) It's been so, so fun. It's like completely opposite of, um, I think some of the narratives that we hear, you know, of like just what this season could look like, but I am more in love with Jesus today than I was yesterday, you know? And I think that that is just a gift that he can he can be with us in so many seasons. So yeah. And my passion project is just, I do have an online little blog I work on and that's just been a way for me to steward um, kind of some of my speaking gifts, thinking gifts, creative gifts. Um, I got really used to having a, a house full of college girls just discipling them. You know, when I was single and kind of newly married, that was like such a joy of my heart was just to always be have these college girls that I was pouring into and discipling. And then all of a sudden I was like, I don't have them. I don't have the bandwidth to do that. You know, I can't just go on girls nights and all that thing. And so I was asking the Lord, like, how do I steward this gift that you've given me to like kind of keep pouring into others? And yeah, the blog was kind of birthed from that. So it's been three years of just chiseling away one Sunday at a time. And hopefully I'll be able to look back and other girls, you know, will be able to look through some of those entries and just see like a a prophetic and a practical, like this is a way to do the motherhood. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I've personally benefited and found your content really helpful. Um, I, oh, I some of your stuff you've written with, uh, just about your family and about you and Ryan's journey yeah. and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. kind of wanted to ask, how has that, how have you and Ryan, like, how do you encourage each other in your faith? And just as you're, um, you know, parenting these little babies and leading and yeah. in different capacities. So how are y'all kind of encouraging each other in that way? Yeah, great question. Um, I think just continuing to build friendship with each other and, um, really learning each other's like personality with the Lord, if that makes sense. Um, we learned really early in our marriage, like we are not the couple that is going to sit down at 6 a.m. with our Bibles next to each other and like talk and highlight and like, di- you know, dialogue. It's like we do a lot better to like, hey, you take your corner and I take my corner and like give me my space with the Lord. And then we come together yeah. and just kind of, you know, talk about what he did. But um, what the Lord was speaking, I will say Ryan is amazing. Of course, I'm biased. Um, but I think I just got like the jackpots of all jackpots. Um, and he has been so, I give him a thousand percent credit. So if there's any fellas listening, um, he has been so consistent with like, we have to have a date once a month. When before kids, it was weekly, like we have to set time for a date. Um, <clears throat> once we got married, it was like, we have to do this monthly. And that sounds so simple. Um, but goodness gracious, as everybody knows, you blink and a month is gone. And you're like, oh my gosh, we never had, you know, we never scheduled that. We never made that happen. Or something's always going to come up. There's always going to be a call from somebody that needs help. There's always going to be a kid that is sick. There's, you know, just ministry life happens so fast. And he has been the absolute anchor that like pulls my teeth when I'm like, no, we can't. We're exhausted. We have things going. Let's just stay at home and watch a movie. He's like, no, 
you will put on real clothes. You know, we will leave the house. We will look at each other's eyes. We will keep practicing how to date one another. And, um, you know, he's always jokes with the kids, but he's like, she is my, I mean, he doesn't joke. It's the truth, but you know, he's like, she is my favorite. And, you know, yeah. yeah, I, I will always, you know, pick her over you. And so, um, yeah. I think just that friendship, you know, like not over spiritualizing everything. Um, even right now, like I was about to do this and he sent me a text from work. He's like, you're full, you're ready, just be you, you know, and just like those little things of cheering us on and, um, praying. Yeah. Praying with one another is awesome. I love that. I love that. Um, this next question I'm excited to hear about, I want to hear about how, um, your parents modeled such a lifestyle of faith and how, what you can kind of take from that and how you want to pass that on to your children. Cause I know so many people that are going to listen to this that have just been so, um, ministered to by your parents and, um, yeah. everything that you guys have done. Just so cool. Man, they are the best, aren't they? They are the real deal. Um, and um, goodness, to like put this on a SparkNote version, I should probably write like a whole book just about this topic. Um, um, but I think it was real. You know, we saw that like, and for those who don't know, my parents are amazing and ministers. And so I, I grew up watching them just minister on platforms and minister behind the stage and uh, training and teaching and just doing all the things. But their walk of faith was real and it is real. And the same dad that we saw preaching and laying hands on people was the same dad laying hands on us and preaching to us, you know, New Year's Eve communion around the kitchen table, you know, and not that like the tone or the spiritual gusto, so to speak, was like always consistent, but just that's something that I really am taking away um, is just how their faith, there was not an on and off switch. You know, it was mm. like their yeah. friendship with Jesus was, is their friendship with Jesus. And so um, I even just jokingly, we, Brian and I got to get away a little bit for our anniversary and I sent my mom a picture because I was giggling so much because it was like 6 a.m. I'm such a morning bird thanks to my mother yeah. and um, okay. I sent her a picture. I was like, well, I guess, you know, the, the day came that I realized I became my mother and I was like in a hotel bathrobe with my Bible open. <laughs> you know, Ryan was like asleep in the bed still. I had my like yeah. little Tupperware of packed nuts that I brought like I'm an, you know, 50 year old woman. <laughs> But it made me smile because I'm like, you know what? That's what I saw my mom do every single day of my entire life. I would walk downstairs mm -hmm. and I would see her in her bathrobe, reading her Bible, praying. So when I saw her on a platform prophesying and preaching, I knew that's not fake and phony. Like I watched your preparation. I watched you pray and do those things, you know? Um, so I think that the the short, you know, ish answer is just a really authentic faith and um, mm. having the boldness, you know, with my kids now teaching them the heritage of faith, like teaching them the why behind what we do. It's not just we go to church or we pray or we don't watch that or we do this. It's like, what's the why? It's because we are friends with Jesus. And this is what we do as a family that is friends with Jesus. And so yeah, I could go on and on and on about this, Rachel, but um, thank you for creating space, even just for me to publicly honor them because they are amazing. Oh, yeah, I love it. 
That's amazing. Um, how would you encourage people that maybe don't feel like engaging in spiritual disciplines or they feel like they're just in a rut, maybe um, regarding things such as prayer and scripture reading, mm-hmm. giving, fasting, things of that nature? Great question. Um, and I've been thinking about this a little bit. Um, I would say it's probably not going to be the answer you're expecting, but God has wired each and every one of us in a unique design. And I would say in those seasons, if you are already a follower of Jesus, this is my answer for you're like already, you know, on board, um, new creation saved all the lingo that we know and love. Um, he has wired you for like in a unique way. And there are seasons that are just extra dry or busy or um, whether that's a life has hit you with something um, that makes it heavy or whether you just honestly have like hopped off and gotten onto like the lazy path, you know? Um, and I would always say start with your like personal wiring of how you connect with the Lord. If you are a music mm-hmm. person, start switching your music or putting some music, you know, worship music in your playlist, so to speak, or make yourself a rule like, okay, I'm just going to like take a shower and listen to worship music today, you know, whatnot. Um, Start following some more Christian accounts on social or swap, you know, try to swatch, just mute for 30 days, maybe an account that um, pulls you away from the Lord um, or is trying to you know, mix your mind. Like purity does not mean perfection. Purity means without mixture. So sometimes we let voices come in our lives that are adding mixture. And it's not that it's like incredibly carnal or terrible, but if it is tarnishing your purity of heart, it's going to tarnish the way you see God because blessed are those who are pure. They shall see God. So, um, just those little switches, you know, um, if you are a reader, like get a Christian book and start reading the Christian book. You know, I would just say whatever your natural, if you're a social bug, like sign up for a life group at your church or a small group or ask somebody out for coffee, but just these small, small steps of like, okay, this is, this is going to get me like back in the game, so to speak. And then once you're there, there is a part, there is a part of your walk with the Lord where you have to step into maturity. We are all being constantly sanctified and maturing and there is a part where in your friendship you say, well, I don't want to fast, but I'm doing this out of love. You know, there mm. you probably have a friend that at some point is like, I really need you to bail me out. My tire, you know, or my battery in my car, you know, messed up and yeah. I need you to come. And you're like, I'm already at home. I'm already with my shows. You know, I'm already like chillaxing and I don't really want to have to put on my clothes and drive across town and like help you, but you do it because you're friends with them and that's a form of friendship and love. And so, you know, doing prayer and doing fasting and doing reading and, and saying no to things for a season that you might really, you know, you think you love, it's probably just your flesh. It's probably just being, you know, you being comfortable, but, um, there is a place in maturity where you have to just say, I'm just doing this because this is the woman that I want to be. I'll give you a really Mm. practical, vulnerable example. (laughs) Okay. So I'm just going to put it out there for all the world. This summer, um, it was really busy for us because of just our whirlwind. And I have had, as a stay-at-home mom, I have had to set really strict boundaries with media because it's easy to just be like, oh, I'm at home all day. You know, not that I'm just 
chilling at home. It's very busy. But um, I started this show that is a totally clean, happy show. But I started getting consumed with this show. Like I am a um, story lover. Like that's why I love books. And this was like a mystery kind of show. And I was spending nap times. Like I would put the kids down and then I would like go and watch my show, which there's nothing wrong if that's what you do, but that is personally not my leaning, you know, bed, you know, kids were being in bed. And this was usually the time that Ryan and I were like hanging out and talking. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I have to finish like another episode of the show. I was just straight binging the show. And I, I just, it was, you know, about two weeks and I opened my eyes and I looked at Ryan and I said, you know, there's nothing wrong with this. It is a busy season. There's nothing carnal about this, but this is not the woman I want to be. I don't want to be a woman that's sneaking away for, to be filled with entertainment. If I'm sneaking away, if I'm trying to capture little moments throughout my day, it's because Mm. I want to be the woman that's eyes are seeking the Lord. I'm, you know, I'm going for him for attention. And so the answer is start easy with like what you normally would be pulled and drawn to. But then also once you're kind of back in it a little bit. There is a time you just have to step up to the plate and say, is this, do I want to be a follower of Jesus? Do I want to be a committed Christian? Do I want to grow in my faith? Okay. I'm going to have to do these things. And the beautiful thing, Rachel, is that he gives us the exact things to do to strengthen our friendship with him. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. like we know it's prayer. We know it's fasting. We know it's waking up early to read our Bible. We know it's going to church. Like these are not mysteries. These are practices that the Lord has gifted us. He's like, hey, I'm not going to be this wonky person that is like, read my mind, try to figure out how to come close and get to know my heart. He's like, I've literally told you, this is how you get to know my heart. And so um, once you start doing it from a place of love, I... I just, I mean, yeah, through the spirit of God, he empowers you. It's one of my favorite mm. scriptures in Galatians. It says, God is giving us the power and the discipline to do the things that please you. It's not, you're mm. not white knuckling it. It's not, I have to fast. I have to pray. The spirit of God, because if you try to do that, no, you're going to be burned out. You are going to be exhausted. You're going to be bitter because it's not going to work the way that you thought it would work. But the Holy Spirit empowers us to walk out these principles of faith in a way that is fruitful, not just for our lives, but fruitful for the kingdom. And I just love that about Jesus. He's given us that. Yeah, really good. I love that. You alluded to it a little bit, but talk about the importance of community in every season and just what it looks like to, to be a part of community in the local church and all that. Yeah, community is everything. Um, Even the Trinity has community, right? (laughs) Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even they do it together. And we have to have people um, to do it. I cannot just, I cannot champion enough just finding a local church and getting plugged into that community. You need them. They need you. Um, There is amazing content everywhere. We know that. There is amazing content on every platform, on every screen, on every form, and it is amazing. But the one thing you will not find with content online is a true community, Um, that true Mm. heart-to-heart, like somebody to look in your eyes and to really ask you, what's 
what are you thinking about all day long? You know, what are, what are the things going on in your heart? The people that just laugh with you that hang out. And I think one of the, uh, I don't want to say lies, but, um, I've just seen personally, a lot of my, you know, kind of friends or people that I do life with, we kind of fall in this trap of like, Oh, well, I just don't really click with them. They're not my best friends. And, um, that is a sake. That's a special thing when you find like really close friendship. But just because you're not like best friends with somebody doesn't mean you have to rule it out. I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I just feel like sometimes they're, um, you know, they'll go to a small group at a church or a life group and they're like, I don't know. I just don't know if I click with any of those people. I'm like, well, give it some time. You know, you might, you might learn something. You might, you know, a different personality, a different background, a different belief is really healthy for us uh, to be around. And um, so I just cannot say it enough, especially in every season. Um, it looks different and you just have to make it happen. You know, you, being a professional friend, so to speak, is like a whole life skill in itself. But um, carving time for a FaceTime, uh, whether that's coffee or you come to my house. And I'll say this, um, which I just thought of, so I'm going to believe it's Holy Spirit. Um, just talking about doing community. So because of just the way that we kind of grew up, um, our like faith community was really a revolving door, right? We had this campus, we have these big events and people would come and go and what a treasure to be a part of that. Um, but I also kind of didn't get that consistency that some of the other people, you know, might've encountered. Um, Mm -hmm. and so whenever I went to college, they were really pushed. I was a part of an amazing ministry or church there, and they were really pushing these life groups. And I was really hesitant because I was like, no, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek the Lord. This is my wilderness season. You know, I'm like going to prepare and I don't want to like be sitting around talking about pizza and, you know, nothingness, you know, and so I was just really self-righteous to be honest. And so, um, and then, so I went and I just, the Holy Spirit kept saying like, you need to do this. This is like part of it. And I saw a whole new side of the body of Christ that I've never seen people like doing life together, helping each other with bills. Um, you know, like having somebody to call in the middle of the night when you have thoughts that don't line up with the word of God, you know, all of those things. And, um, even like one of the girls, she was a few, uh, like a life season ahead of us that was there. And I just remember one day, she was like, Hey, just swing on by. And she had a little, like a baby. And I just remember walking to her house and laundry was everywhere and burp rags were on her. And she was just like, Oh, Hey, come on in. Like, let's talk. And she just welcomed me straight into her world. And I oh, hadn't seen that community before, you know, like she welcomed me into her messy. And that gave me a really clear picture of motherhood. When I stepped into it five years later, you know, like I, yeah. I just, Um, it was really cool that that was a way of like discipleship, um, was that community that was just like, this is our life and we're sharing lives. Like there's not, there's not a a perfect graphic that's inviting you to a party at this time. You know, it's not an event. It's just like, we're doing life together. We're here for each other. And, um, that's a part of the richness. That is a part of the treasure of being a believer is you get access to that community. And so, yes, yeah, so important. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, it kind of plays into the next one. 
Um, how do you practice hospitality in, and what that looks like to just kind of invite people in and, um, yeah. Yeah, really, really good. So, um, like I just said, I think just inviting people into your world, I cannot just emphasize that enough, especially as our generation is going more and more and more towards this like picture perfect this is what your like charcuterie board should look like, you know, at every gathering. Um, yeah. You with I love a good charcuterie board. I'm just saying, just inviting people over, like, hey, I got a new coffee creamer. Come and hang out and let's talk and uh, ask look look at me in my eyes, you know, and those kind of things. But right. for us, a, this is so practical. It might just be for our kind of life season, um, yeah. but. I, we have somebody over for dinner every single week. Usually it's, um, it kind of varies what day it is because the way I do this is, um, I already set a menu for our family on Saturday nights. I like set the menu for the week and then we grocery shop Sunday. So we're like meal prepped and like ready for the week. And so in our context, we have like young adults, you know, that are kind of around. So this can fit into whoever's context that's listening. Maybe it's a neighbor or um, like a college student from your church or something like that. Um, But I will just send a text to somebody that's kind of on a rotation and say, hey, this is my meal for the week. Pick which one you want. Let me know and come to dinner. So like they'll get a text that says Monday barbecue chicken, you know, Tuesday pesto, pasta, you know, Wednesday spaghetti. It's just, it's what we're eating. And then they'll say, oh, Friday burger sounds great. I'm like, okay, great. Come on over. So I'm not doing really anything extra. Like I might add a dessert to when they come. Um, but it's not like a big, like, oh, I'm going to host something big. Um, I'm already going to put in the work to prepare that food for my family, but we just have an extra friend at our house. And I love this so much because it is teaching my children how to host people. You know, we practice, um, when they come in, I'll say, okay, Oliver, what do you tell our guest? And he'll say, if you need water, you know, I can get you a glass of water. And if you need to go to the restroom, we have a restroom right here, you know, and, and we talk about, okay, somebody's coming, you know, and they have a little boy. Why don't you go through your toys and pick out three toys that you think he would really like to play with, you know, and we're like working those muscles of learning how to host people and, and, really teaching them that our home, this is a big value for us, but like our home is a resting place for the Lord. When people come to our home, they will get refreshed. They will get blessed. They, they won't see perfect. They will see dirty clothes. They will see dirty dishes. They will hear kids bickering, but um, it's a safe place for them to just have the presence of Lord. You know, we all, we just hang out, you know, it's just fun. But then we do always end with a time of like, how can we be praying with you, you know, for this season of your life or whatnot. And so that is a really easy answer, a really like, not easy because there's work that goes into it, but that practice has become just very habitual in our home. Like I don't really have to do anything super expansive, but our, our kids know, okay, once a week, somebody's going to be sitting at our table. Um, and now that COVID is over, (laughs) uh, you know, hopefully we can reach out a little bit more, um, to just some other people. Cause I would love to get just different faces and, um, you know, beliefs and backgrounds just at my table for my kids to kind of rub shoulders with. 
I love that. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in that vein of super practical, tell us a little bit about maybe some habits that have helped you regarding um, Bible study or prayer, both. <laughs> okay. So um, super practical is having a plan. Um, whether you're a morning person, I think most people will spend time in prayer or with their word, either like in the morning before they go to work or school or whatnot, or in the evening. Um, but regardless of where you fall, you're going to be exhausted. <laughs> you're gonna, you're physically going to be exhausted either if it's in the morning because it's the morning or you're going to be exhausted in the evening because you just did a workout or like your giant day. So it is kind of idiotic to think that you're going to have this like heightened spiritual experience when your physical frame is tired. Um, so practically speaking, having a plan, like having, knowing, um, this is the book of the Bible that I'm going to be reading. This is the commentary or this is the devotional that I'm going to be reading. Um, and having it already out on the table. Um, so for me, like I said, I am a morning person, which was terrible for my social life growing up. But now I'm like, thank the Lord. I am a morning person because it really helps in the mom world to be able to like get up and have a whole day before your family wakes up. Um, and so, yeah, practically it just starts with, I, I read the journey guide, which is a Bible reading plan that our church, um, puts out. And it's great because, we as a community of faith are all reading the same thing every morning, so to speak. And I don't even have to think about what am I reading? I wake up and I, caffeine is not in my system yet, you know, and I'm like in my bathrobe, but I just can see what I'm reading. And once you start reading, whoa, then the spirit of God is there and, you know, things start happening. But it's just that kickstart of like having a plan, knowing what you're going to read. If you're just hopscotching all over scripture, it's going to be really fragmented and you're going to get frustrated. Um, Well, I can't say that. It's still the word of God. You're probably still going to receive something. But um, I think that knowing what you're going to read in the Bible, and there are so many great resources, Rachel, like you know, there are apps that have devotionals that you can just literally click on and you can just say before I like open my eyes and go straight to my social media, you know, app, I'm just going to go to this app before. And they have audio Bibles that will literally read scripture to you while you're putting on your makeup or, you know, there's, there's so many things that are out there, but, um, if you have a plan, then, you know, that really helps. And also accountability is great. And, Um, I have a journey group, so it's three different women and we text every single morning. We all are reading the journey group together. We're from church. And so every single morning we check, you know, we text in like, Hey, this scripture stood out, or this is what I was reading. And that's accountability, um, for sure. And it's encouraging to kind of like chime back and forth. And then practically for prayer, um, I got this from my brother who's amazing, Peter. Um, but he always says, start a prayer timer. And you'll be amazed, like start a three minute prayer timer and say, okay, I'm just going to pray for three minutes, you know? And then once the timer gets up, you're going to say, what? No, <laughs> you know, I wasn't done yet. Or, you know, I want to pray more because that's the way of the Lord, right? Like the more it's, it's an oxymoron kingdom. The more you eat, the hungrier you get. It doesn't make sense, but it's just how it works. And in the place of prayer for me, that's so true. It's like, the thought of, oh, I don't want to pray 30 minutes. I don't have 
30 minutes to, to give, you know, but then, um, you start with three minutes and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I, I've just, I have so much more on my heart. I want to pray. So, um, (laughs) timers for prayer is a great start and then get a plan for your Bible reading. Yeah, that's really helpful. I like that. Um, all right. Well, this will come out like right in the height of the holiday season. So, uh, what does the Sabbath look like for you lately? And, uh, just kind of as a lot of people (laughs) rush, but then that lull between, you know, Christmas and new Year's, what does Sabbath look like lately? Yes. Oh, I am so passionate about this topic. (laughs) Okay. Because this, I guess maybe a year ago, two years ago, the Lord took me on this journey of discovering the beauty of the Sabbath. And I was just like jaw dropped at like, how did I not see this before? How in the world did we miss this, you know, kind of thing. So I'll say Jesus is our Sabbath, right? He is our resting place. We have perfect rest in him being a new covenant believer. Um, so a lot of these like Old Testament practices of like taking a day of Sabbath, um, sometimes people will just push that aside because it's like Jesus is our Sabbath, um, which is biblically true. But There is a hidden beauty. There is a treasure that God has given us in this practice of a Sabbath. And um, I will say what it looks like for us right now, you know, is ebb and flow. There's grace because of the holiday season. But going into 2023, if there is like one goal on everybody's list that I would say, put this on your list, it would be like, learn the art of Sabbath because it will change your life. And so for us, um, we do Friday night, we do a Sabbath meal as a family. I've written all about this. So if you search anything, you could find it, but, um, we do a Sabbath meal on Friday night. It is not flashy. It is not fancy. We are not saying messianic promises and blessings, um, that I love. And that's so beautiful, but it's just, It's like, get the food on the table, get the kids in the high chair, you know, Um, but we eat and we put away our phones and we train ourselves in our home. Sabbath is a time to savor the goodness of God. All right, friends. Well, unfortunately, that is the part where we encountered some technical difficulties. And of course, what Abby was saying was so good, talking about the beauty of just taking a Sabbath, reflecting on the goodness of God. And it would be our sincere prayer that just from this conversation, you would take some time this holiday season to come back to that place of remembering the true reason for the season, for pausing and reflecting on the goodness and majesty and sufficiency that's found in Jesus and through spiritual disciplines like prayer and reading uh, of of God's word and, just talking about him with family and friends and resting and enjoying good food and everything that he has given us that you would just reflect and uh, be grateful and reminded that he's for you. And we just pray that uh, as you we close out this year, that um, God's goodness and favor would surround you. And that as we turn the page to 2023, that we would just remember God's with us, he's for us, and he's on our side and believing that the best is yet to come for you and your family. Have the best Christmas, the best New Year's, and we'll see you in 2023.